content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. John Mintz does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Have you ever wondered why the rich get richer and others don't? Could it be that a small percentage of the population seek out others to find, study, and execute on legal loopholes that exist within our financial life and make it easier for them to prosper? The answer is a resounding yes. This is the Secrets of the Wealthy podcast with John Minns. John has spent a lifetime researching and mastering the financial loopholes that he believes should be available to everyone. Join us as we explore different strategies that help you get farther faster towards building and enjoying a prosperous retirement. Hello and welcome to The Secrets of the Wealthy with John Mintz. John, how are you? Hey, you know what? Uh, Started out a new year here and it's off to a great start so far, so don't mess it up. Man, you put so much pressure on me, and and you, you added more pressure today because you've got a guest on the show, and that's Evan Nielsen, and Evan might put me out of a job. Yeah, I don't know. He's an all-star. So. You're safe. <laughs> His voice is uh, is pretty doggone fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't you introduce Evan to the audience, and then let us know why you brought him on today. Yeah, so I want to welcome everyone to the Secrets of the Wealthy podcast, and my guest today is uh, Evan Nielsen, and Evan is the founding attorney for Nielsen Law Group in Scottsdale, Arizona, and his firm provides both tax and legal services paired with uh, a pretty unique business insight to small business owners and individuals as well. Uh, Evan has a really diverse background in tax law business, which really allows him to take a very, uh, a more holistic approach to protecting and improving the client's interest and and then, of course, advocate on their behalf. And uh, he has a lot of emphasis, but primarily on tax matters, uh, IRS issue resolution, and tax planning strategies is really where his focus is. Evan understands the issues and the challenges that we're, we're all faced with today as entrepreneurs and, and uh, anyone in the small business world out there today. Uh, knows that the challenges come almost daily, but you know, having fu- founded, owned, and acquired, and and operated businesses himself in uh, a wide range of industries, it gives him a, a leg up in, in, in helping those individuals. And uh, his range of experience, <laughs> I might have to take a breath before I say this. Uh, it includes involvement in the fields of technology and software, semiconductors, medicine and healthcare administration, real estate, insurance financial services, securities, construction, manufacturing, heavy equipment, transportation, airlines, direct marketing, and retail. I made it through. Uh, Diverse, I guess is a better word for it. Uh, As an attorney, he's assisted taxpayers in recovering millions of dollars in tax refunds over his career. And this is a result of his direct understanding and his deep understanding of the tax code and and how business structures work and in finance and accounting methods i personally have witnessed uh this myself but he also maintains a excellent working relationship with both local and national irs offices and he's resolved irs audit review issues for many of his clients and he's really you know has this unique 
ability at crafting tax strategies that result in significant tax savings. I'm sure we'll get into some of that today. But here's one of the really cool things. Evan is a lifelong learner, uh, as most successful people are, and he holds five degrees, including mm. bachelor's and master's degrees in statistics. I don't know if you've ever taken statistics before, but uh, it's not the easiest course in, in college. But in uh, statistics, a master's and doctorates in business, and a Juris Doctor degree in law and is currently a member of the California Bar and American Bar Association, as well as a member of the U.S. Tax Court and a federally licensed enroll agent. I could go on and on and on. If that's not enough, uh, what I have found to be most impressive about Evan is how he helps his clients go from a micro approach to tax planning to a macro approach. To tax planning. In other words, uh, a lot of CPAs are what I would call historians in that they seem to want to look backwards into the past to determine how taxes can be saved this year, whereas Evan is a uh, chameleon uh, uh, and uses a macro approach to tax planning and helps his clients look forward into the future so that they can save taxes over their entire lifetime. So uh, with that uh, introduction, let's bring Evan on to join us. And Evan, welcome to the Secrets of the Wealthy podcast. Thanks. And it's a pleasure to be here. I, I uh, hope everybody understands that um, some of the things you've said may just be a product of me just not being ready to grow up yet and deciding what I really want to do. So. Well, well, that probably makes two of us. But, uh, you know, that was a bit lengthy. Goodness, you have quite the background and you're you're so talented and you could have done so many different things. How did you make the decision to get into this industry as opposed to others? And when was that, by the way? Well, I, I think and this is probably not unique to me, but, you know, life experiences, uh, some of them strike you more than others. And uh, in in my involvement in various businesses early in my career, I was regularly running into these issues that were legal and tax related, and mm -hmm. some estate planning related, and and it was frustrating to not feel like I was able to really get solid answers about them, and I felt like I was asking questions about them to people who knew less about both my business or my personal circumstances and how the law would apply to it. And so mm -hmm. I figured, well, let's give it a run. And uh, so my wife agreed to support me through yet another degree. And we went back to law school and <laughs> got a little bit of training. And, uh, and uh, so for the last, I guess, 20, 25 years, been doing this. So. Oh, wow. Quite some time ago. Okay. Well, what would you say? Because, uh, you know, one one of the things that I tell folks when they come in to see me is that we're different, pause, in an exceptional way. And then I go on to tell them how we're different. So what would you say differentiates you or your firm from other firms in the same industry? I, I think the there's probably a couple of areas. One of them is as one that you've already mentioned and that is looking at the macro side of things instead of focusing on the details that have already happened and mm -hmm. making sure that there is an understanding of what the objectives are and then how they the the individual can approach it 
But the other part of it is instead of looking at what the IRS or a state agency says about what they've decided the law means from a tax standpoint, for example, our focus is on what does the law say and what should that allow an individual to do and how can they benefit from it? That's the approach that the, the really wealthy take. And mm-hmm. they, I mean, we call them loopholes, but they're just parts of the law that allow for certain things to happen. And because we're generally not aware of them in our, our normal day circumstances, in our normal lives, the rest of us don't get to use them. And to me, that never made sense. And so our, our firm is focused on making those kinds of things available to our clients and also trying to help them understand how they can apply them so that it's not something that just somebody that's uber rich gets to use, but anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting is that what, that's what this podcast is all about, right? Secrets of the wealthy, and, and we don't want to be secrets anymore. So that second piece that you talked about, you actually reference wealthy uh, and what they do there. But can, can you maybe break that down in an example? Because that was kind of high level, and I want the folks listening maybe have an idea of what you're talking about there, like yeah. an example of how that might be applied. Well, um, one one real simple example that uh, that we see pretty regular is an, uh, an individual who is doing they're they're working for somebody have a W two job, and mm-hmm. then on the side they're doing something, and so they're trying to get their little business going, but mm-hmm. the way that their taxes are reported is all on a personal return, and. What that generally means is that there are a substantial number of things that could benefit them, but can't because of the way that the information's being reported. If they will change the way that they're reporting it, our experience is that they can generally see a tax savings of between 25 and 40% simply by changing the way that the information is reported. <laughs> Goodness, okay. That's good enough for me. <laughs> so, well, and how would you explain your business philosophy or your firm's philosophy? Well, I guess I'd say we're we're strong believers in not hiding the ball. What we're trying to do is help people to understand how to do this and how to effectively do it. And, and as a minimum, at least to know when they're in a position where they need to get a little bit of help to do something different. Because there are so many options that can be to an individual's benefit. But if you're not aware of them, then you don't know how to invoke them. And our mm-hmm. focus, our pricing, our overall mission is to make this kind of stuff reachable to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, okay. Uh, here's something I don't know if if anyone ever asked you before. I'm going to try to get you a couple of times today. Uh, but what's something that not very many folks know about you, maybe other than your wife or, or somebody close to you? Well, uh, my favorite animal is a zebra, and my favorite color is pink, and so I am still looking for that pair of pink zebra pajamas that I have never been able to find. So how's that? <laughs> that's, that's good. It reminds me of a saying my dad used to tell me he had a lot of them, and some, a lot of it comes out of these podcasts. I think Eric's tired of hearing them, but uh, he, he'd say, son, he'd always start with the word son, son. You can't take the stripes off a zebra. Uh, 
<laughs> meaning some people just aren't going to change. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, I know you talked about your team a little bit. I know you're really proud of the team that you built uh, there. Outstanding and group. Can you? Yeah. Uh, no, I know. I've experienced it firsthand. Can you tell us a little bit about your firm, your team, and maybe what somebody would expect when they, you know, get in touch with you and reach out to you? Yeah, the uh, we're a group of 11 at this point, a couple of attorneys, myself and my partner, Levi Hatch, and then a, a super talented group that have been with us now for a number of years, a uh, couple of new people that have joined us about a year ago at this point, but they are they're very much in tune with our overall objective of taking care of people. Right from the very beginning, we don't have a an auto attendant that you call and gives you options. It's a person. A launder will answer the phone and we'll get you set up with a, an initial consult. And then from that point forward, our objective is to take really good care of you and give you reasons to tell your friends because that is our only marketing strategy. We go word of mouth and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, you know, I, I was talking to a client earlier today, an existing client, and it came up. Uh, somehow in our conversation, how he gets so frustrated with calling, you know, anyone these days and catching voicemail, H-E double toothpicks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we're I think we're dinosaurs. You and I not actually having somebody that picks up the phone, but, uh, it says a lot, I think about your firm. So that's, that's really neat. Um, you know, the goal of this podcast is, is kind of really a lot of what you stand for, Evan, which is, is for us to try to make you know, some of these so-called secrets of the wealthy, not only no longer secrets, but to make them available and reachable to, to anyone that wants to pursue it. So, so let's talk a little bit about some of the often overlooked secrets slash opportunities as it relates to taxes and tax reduction strategies. And, and also, could you share with us some common or not so common you know, strategies for small business owners uh, yeah. and individuals uh, often, that are often overlooked as well. Well, and there's one particular thing that uh, that I think is helpful. And, you know, sometimes we're looking for the silver bullet or for the instant pudding version of how to get mm-hmm. to this. But many times what really makes the difference is a different way of looking at something. And so when it comes to tax specifically, there's a, I'll call it a split personality paradigm of taxation. We think things are a certain way, but Mm -hmm. there really are two completely different ways of looking at them. And Mm. so the way I'd explain it is this, there's, there's about 160 to 165 million tax returns that are filed every year federally. Mm 150 of those, 150 million, are individual tax returns. And so that's the large majority. Well, so if you're going to run off and learn how to prepare taxes, what you'll get in your training is focused on the majority of the returns, the individual return. And then Mm -hmm. that other 10, 11, 12 million returns, they're business returns, and you spend very little time on that. Well, okay, so that's where your training's focused. Now, mm-hmm. understand where the important difference comes is that the IRS, the one that is tasked with taking the tax law and turning it into procedures and rules, etc., well, they look at us as individuals and they say we are incompetent and dishonest by definition. 
And so mm. the rules, they better be designed to make sure that we don't do something stupid or something dishonest. Mm. And so there's a lot of can'ts and don'ts and shouldn'ts and won'ts when it comes to how the law is interpreted for that group of individuals reporting on an individual tax return. But just the opposite view is what the IRS takes when it comes to a business. In their mind, businesses hire professionals who are competent and they have shareholders who want them to report accurately And in many cases, they also have regulatory agencies that are overseeing their operation from a government standpoint. And so there's all kinds of reasons that a business should be providing accurate information. And, you know, I'd take a quick sidebar to say that I'm not necessarily suggesting this is an accurate view of the world. (laughs) To me, it makes no sense at all. But Mm -mm. the reality is it is the view that the IRS takes. And so for that reason... We got a lot of rules when it comes to individual tax reporting and a lot of Mm. not rules when it comes to business reporting. But most individuals have at least some of their tax information that could be reported under business rules, not personal rules. And just Mm -hmm. starting to think about things differently, looking at yourself and what you're doing to try and earn money to cover the expenses of your household, well, that's an enterprise. That's a business. And looking at it that way and then looking for ways to report it that way can make a huge Mm -hmm. difference when it comes to the tax side of things and lots of other things as well. But I think that is a significant, I'll call it secret, just a different way of looking at things that can make a huge impact on your tax bill. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something here um, because it's I, it, the so-called elephant in the room that, I mean, we had this, the very first time I ever talked to you, Evan, we had this exact same, you had this exact same conversation with me <laughs> yep. and it was eye-opening. But here's the elephant in the room. It's almost like taboo to get accountants to talk about this. Why is it that you talk so freely about it with no concerns whatsoever, but no one else seems to want to talk about it. Why is that? Well, I think it's just uh, the the way that we got to the the place of preparing returns and helping people with, with taxes and, and business legal issues and estate planning, etc. We come at it mm-hmm. from the approach of the law, learn the law and how it applies. And, you know, we, we're also constantly in communication with the IRS about their regulations and many of the state agencies. As well. And mm-hmm. obviously, bending the law is not what we're looking for. There's, in our mind, no sense in playing in the gray. Exactly. Yeah. But, but many come at it from a different perspective where they're coming from mm-hmm. the rules and regulations and understanding how those apply. And that's how their training is geared. And so mm-hmm. I don't fault anybody for it. I think it's just a different way of getting to the place of, of looking at tax. But our approach has definitely shaped our view as different because we're looking to apply the law. And in cases where the IRS, for example, may have determined a policy just to make sure that somebody who they believe is incompetent doesn't do something that the law would mm-hmm. otherwise allow, well, that happens to be a policy that's not going to stand up in court. And mm-hmm. 
So why would we punish our client, who's the one paying us, simply because <laughs> the IRS says, well, watch out, they may not know how to add two and two. And right. so I think right. that's the primary reason for the difference. Okay, makes sense. And well, maybe it's because I'm also bit. a farm boy. What Born in Texas for me, that's where I learned, <laughs> uh, learned all my good stuff. But what? So let's switch gears. What are some of the challenges that small business owners are going to be faced with going forward? Oh, that's a great question. The uh, There's obviously going to be some, I at least we're expecting, some increase in government regulation constantly mm. changing the the law in lots of areas, and I'm sure that that will also ripple into the tax area as well. And mm-hmm. uh, so getting good information, accurate information, is becoming increasingly challenging in a world that is increasingly divisive. And so there's messages that are intended mm-hmm. to be sent instead of just factual information. And so getting that information is tricky. And, you know, this may surprise you, John, but I would say that the best place to get accurate information when it comes to changes in the law is the IRS website, Congress's website. The, those are places where the specific information is actually posted. And then if you don't, if you don't have uh, the patience to read through it, well, then it's a good idea to stay close to somebody like you or our little firm, or somebody else that can give you good advice about what is actually changing. Well, I was about to discredit you because I thought you were going to tell me the best place to go was to call the IRS. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, no. <laughs> Not today. <It's> like, <laughs> or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard something or read something recently. If you want, if you're going to file a return this year, you better file it really fast because it probably won't get looked at for a while. Yeah, we've uh, recommended all our clients that, that if at all possible, they get it in as quick as they can. The IRS pulled forward over 7 million returns from last year that still haven't been processed. And so that's just oh, added to the 165 million that will be filed again this year. And so they're just getting further and further behind. And mm. at the same mm. time, they're losing more and more good people. And so they're in a tight spot. Mm. Well, in case you're, I know we were, we were originally trying to do this podcast shortly after October 15th, uh, extended filing deadline when you normally slow down you're like, John, it's not happening this year. <laughs> so yeah. for the benefit of your clients that may be listening to this as well as others, what's causing that and what can folks do to avoid the madness, uh, going forward? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. The, uh, the IRS is an embattled agency right now. Unfortunately, uh, some of the policies that some of the middle-layer leadership had embarked on has, has kind of backfired. And so as a result, they're viewed as, as not having done everything they should have done in a way that they should have done it. And so it's hard for them to get funding. And uh, their budget has not grown for many years. At the same time, they're expected to do more and more. Every time we change the law, they got to go reprogram, mm. repoliticize, re everything. Oh, right. And 
Right. So it it is it's a constantly moving target, which means they've got to constantly be rebuilding, and they just don't have the resources mm-hmm. to make it happen. Yeah, and it's hard, hard you know, there's mm-hmm. there's a part of me I feel badly for the individuals that are that are there in that environment, but I also don't feel too badly that um, they're not in a position to create significant turmoil for individuals who are just trying to do the right thing when they file their taxes. But it's not, I'm expecting that it's not likely to get better in the near term. Based on what you just said, you're talking about the administration, Capitol Hill, however we want to reference it, but do you see anything happening right now that's going to change the landscape of taxation, you know, in the near future? And the only reason I ask that is because, you know, taking this macro approach as you do and I do with my clients, both pre-retirees and retirees alike, uh, you know, it helps if we kind of have an idea from an expert like you to try to get ahead of so-called curveball. So are you seeing anything or, or, or sensing anything you think we might need to get ready for? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of things that I think, and and this is something that we, we try to, to get a beat on, but keep in mind, this is crystal ball stuff. And <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're guessing and what actually happens may be very different from what's likely to happen. But the good news mm-hmm. is that because we have a fairly sizable government, it's not going to move very quick. And so you get a pretty good feel of what direction the wind's blowing. But I think one of the things that we are likely to see is that tax rates overall are most likely going to go up. And that there will be some of the less common deductions that are also probably going to be eliminated. And the reason that I say that is because as a government, we have been spending huge amounts of money and driving mm-hmm. our, our uh, deficit up, just everything that comes with spending more than you've got. And so in order to pay for that, we've got to somehow figure out how to increase the tax and that's likely to impact both individuals and businesses at some point in time. But I don't believe that that's going to be a a rapid change. It'll be something that happens over probably the next several years. Although it's likely to be talked about all the time during that entire time. The other area that I think is likely to see some significant regulation is with cryptocurrencies because that's Mm. been such a black box there's almost no regulation. There'll be significant regulations introduced, laws that require certain reporting requirements. There's already been some changes with the infrastructure bill that has already passed. Those don't mm-hmm. go into effect until 2023-24, but uh, there are some changes there. And the challenge with them will be how are they going to be enforced because that is all completely new territory. And uh, in my most recent conversations with the IRS about this specific issue, they're indicating that they have just a handful of people at the agency that actually understand it. And so they understand that they're going to have to get educated first before they come up with anything that's going to be very effective. Right. Well, it's interesting to hear you you reinforce what my listeners are probably... (laughs) tired of hearing from me uh, talk about this national debt and the problem. You know, I just noticed this morning or, or yesterday, one of the two, 
we crossed the $30 trillion mark in national debt. Yes, we did. And uh, I, I ask when I teach classes, I ask them to try to answer one trillion seconds equals how many years? And I usually get an answer somewhere. You're a statistician, so you, this would be fun for you. But uh, so it seems somewhere between 100 and 300 years is the guess I get. And then when I tell them it's 31,700 plus years. Yeah. For one, not 30 trillion, they, their eyes get as big as, you know, saucers. So it's, it really kind of helps them understand how big this number really is. And so it's good for, to hear you reinforce that. I believe the same thing for sure. Well, um, and John, I'll well, tell you too, along those same lines, there are mm-hmm. some things that I mm-hmm. don't think are going to change, although they're going to oh. be talked about a lot there's mm-hmm. been significant discussion about uh, retirement plans and Roth plans in particular. Mm-hmm. A lot of discussion about the the various contributions that you can make in certain areas. And, and that's an area that in the end, I think we're going to see limited change because it is something that has become such a part of everybody's tax plan, including mm-hmm. every single member of Congress. And so Mm. unless they're willing to really bite the bullet, those are not the kind of things that are likely to change. And so there'll be lots of discussion, lots of talk about it, lots of uh, pulpit pounding, but it's probably not in the end going to be much more than just that. Yeah, well, I could, oh goodness, we could have a whole nother show on just Roth uh, and Roth conversions alone. I, I know we're we're going to have to wrap this up here in a minute. But here's the other thing. I wanted to give you an opportunity today. I'm, I told you I was going to give you throw you a couple of curveballs today. But you know, I th- I think you get asked a lot of questions about all the stuff we've talked today. But but I, you know, you're a person, and and what I know of you, you're a pretty doggone good person, uh, a good man. And you know, we don't. You know, we don't. I don't think we take time enough to slow down and try to share the little nuggets of wisdom. And you know, wisdom wisdom can sometimes be known as scars, right? <laughs> so, from our mistakes yeah. we've made, yeah. But we don't take time to share that with the next generation. And here's an opportunity, you know, for us to do that to a, a potentially large group. And so, you know, if you could pass on a little nugget today of you know, a life lesson or lessons that you've learned over all the years or just some general wisdom you'd like to pass on, what would what would that be? It, it doesn't even have to be related to anything we've talked about today at all. Well, that's, I appreciate the opportunity. There's two things to, that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is tax related uh, and it is don't ever let the tail wag the dog. Your tax strategy should be a part of your overall financial plan and objectives. It should fit into your overall estate plan. And so Mm -hmm. if you're spending money to reduce taxes, but you wouldn't do it otherwise, you're letting the tail wag the dog. And uh, the other thing that comes to mind is is, uh, much broader and I think much more important than that. Don't ever let... A problem to be solved become more important than a person to be loved. Mm. Wow. Don't ever let a problem to be solved become 
more important than a person to be loved. Did I say that right? You did. Yeah. I wanted to restay it because I wanted it to log into my brain because that was really powerful. And I, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to stop right there because I can't think of a better way to end this great time that I had with you today. And I want to personally tell you how much I appreciate you taking this time because I know how busy you are and uh, we both are, but you know, this is, this kind of stuff's important because we can reach more, more folks and, and really make a difference in this world of ours before we go see our maker. Right. So thank you so much today. You know, folks are going to want to get in touch with you after hearing this for sure, or your, or your staff. So what's the best way for them to reach out to you and your team, Evan? Best way is to call us or email us. Um, email is info at nlglaw.com. And the phone number is 480-888-7111. Perfect. Thank you again. And, and, and Eric, man, what a great show this was today. And, and Eric, you did, as usual, I want you to do a great job of, of closing this out. And do you have any other or questions or comments for Evan today? Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I kind of had some questions in my mind, but when you said that last quote, I that really resonated with me. And so, Evan, I want to thank you because I needed to hear that today. And that's something I very much needed to hear. I've never heard that before, uh, that quote. And so thank you so much for doing that. I'm so glad that you were able to give some contact info because I'm hoping the listening audience, if they have those questions uh, that are specific to what you guys were talking about, Evan, that they'll reach out to you. But also, John, this goes to a very broad audience. And I know a lot of the people that are listening to this right now already work with you, but maybe this triggered a question in their mind too. Uh, and they want to reach out to you to see how some of the things you guys talked about fit into their overall plan. Can you give them your contact information one more time as well? Yes, we're an old school talk to us on the phone kind of group. So give us a call at 817-225-6260. Fantastic. Evan, again, uh, I just want to echo what John said. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. And uh, I know your time is valuable, so we'll get you out of here. But thanks again. And of course, John, thank you so much for facilitating this and, and bringing him on the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Secrets of the Wealthy podcast with John Mintz. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at The Secrets of the Wealthy, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of the Wealthy podcast with John Mintz. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of John Mintz. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.